Hey everyone and welcome back to another podcast here at City of Hope Church. This is week five of our small group series and we're going to be talking about the way of practice. This is part one and on this episode we're going to be covering roughly pages 75 through 91. Now there are uh, three different questions essentially that this um, chapter um, tries to answer and cover, and I think it does a beautiful job, Clay. It's a really wonderful chapter. But this this book in general uh, has been just so phenomenal so far. But this episode, as well as the next, we're going to talk about three different main topics. What is the way of practice? Why does it matter? And how do we do it? In this episode, we're going to be talking about the first two of those. And so out of the gate, Clay, I just want to ask you uh, and get your thoughts on this, and he talks about this the first couple of pages, but I think it's something that we as Christians and we as people tend to do, and that's that we we try to carry the yoke of others. Um, We see other people, we see the call on other people, and we almost try to take that and apply it to our own lives. And, And although we can gain and we can learn from other people, we find out very quickly that that often leads to a lot of exhaustion, a lot of failure. And so just g- give me your thoughts on that, the fact that we do try to take the yoke of other people. Yeah, he makes an excellent point here to start out this chapter. And i got to be honest with you, I'm a big practice guy. I even think last time I said something about salvation and, and how – my personal view of salvation is much more a direction that you're headed as opposed to a line that you cross. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and it's because the Lord gave me spiritual practices that led to my freedom. And so we have these practices that, that God gives us. And, you know, when I first got saved, um, I was praying, I was fasting, like I, I was getting pretty serious about things, but one of the things that I noticed is what what I, what God was calling me to at that time. I mean, I spent a lot of time alone, spent tons of time in prayer, a lot of times, a lot of time in fasting, and it kind of took me uh, getting around my wife Andrea to to realize that um, I can't necess- I can't put that same call that's on my life on other people, and she had to help me to realize that. And that's one of the things he talks about with his wife that his wife was basically telling him. You know, I can't, uh, I can't take the same thing, the same yoke that you're carrying, and put these practices in my life. I'm not going to be able to get up at 3:45 every morning. Mm-hmm. But so we either we can either and I we can either try to put our our yoke on other people, or or we can try to take that yoke that other people are carrying and not recognize where we're currently at in our spiritual walk. What is God calling us to? He may be calling one person to a seven day fast. He may be calling one person to just start out by giving up a particular meal at this time one person may be trying to take care of three kids one person may be single and have all the time in the world uh there's there's a lot of different things so we want to find this rhythm of life with jesus where we start to implement the practices that he has given us and not try to carry uh, someone else's yoke and someone else's calling in that hour that being said i do think that it's that it is very important that we as a church are consistently encouraging one another and stirring one another up in the practices yeah, that yeah. we're encouraging people to pray that we're that's why we you know we leave here here lately we've been 
having open times of prayer like we had prayer Friday night from from nine to midnight you know I don't expect that everybody can sit down and pray for three hours at a time or has the ability to do so or whatever but the space is open you know what I mean like so the encouragement is to pray to start finding your own rhythm and and to to find ways to pray to find ways to fast to find ways to get in the word of God and find those healthy rhythms for yourself and what God's calling you to and not necessarily carry the yoke or what you see somebody else doing Mm -hmm. Uh, but but Jesus is inviting us all into that place of spiritual practice because I think that's where freedom is found yeah on page 77 it says too often the message of our world and even the church can be to feel guilty try harder get tired quit and then a little while later to feel guilty and begin the cycle yeah. again. And so we get in this rut and there's even like a, a tension that we feel and that we wrestle with. And that tension is that we can't uh, we can't be lazy and squander the call of God on our lives, but mm-hmm. we also can't be legalistic and moralize everything. Um, so it's this unique place that we find ourselves in and wrestling with that and, and learning to, yeah, it, practice things and 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 put forth spiritual disciplines disciplines but also not be weighed down by like the legalistic side of it as well yeah i mean spiritual practices and disciplines should be honestly leading you into a place of joy yeah if if this practices and the disciplines are leading you into a place of and it being a burden Mm -hmm. or 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 or, or you find yourself being guilt-ridden for not accomplishing it effectively, like the season of prayer and fasting or consecration that we go through as a church, it should. Now, there's difficulties to it, and there is failure uh, all involved in that. But ultimately, when we're putting those pr- spiritual practices in place, it leads to a place of spiritual joy and freedom and peace and celebration in Christ. And so when you start to drift in the area of, I'm not praying enough, I'm not reading enough, you know, God just wants you to bring it back down to the simplicity of a relationship with him. It's yeah. not a certain uh, line that you have to meet or measure. I have to pray for this amount of time or I have to read this amount of scripture. It's not about that. You love scripture because you love Jesus mm. and you want to hear his voice. You love prayer because you love the Father and you want to commune with it, with him and, and learn to be sensitive to the spirit. And so those things, even though, you know, in the beginning of those practices, it takes discipline and it takes intentional effort, but you want to to not drift into the side of legalism, but you don't want to go the opposite direction and just be lazy and not do anything either. Yeah. So it's 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 that balance of finding what what's working for you, what God's calling you into, and finding joy in Him. Yeah. In it. Yeah, it's a process for sure, and I I love this example um, that he gives. He talks about essentially like try a uh, training versus trying mm-hmm. and he paints this picture essentially of like you know if if it were possible and someone scan a person's dna and they discover that they are they have the the, the possibility the greatest potential to become like a, a world champion marathon runner and if that person were to just to wake up the next morning go out and try to run a marathon they would realize very quickly that they would be 
you know, they couldn't do it. They would get exhausted, and then their tendency is to, well, here I am. I'm supposed to be this world champion marathon runner. I can't, I, I can't even run a mile without getting exhausted. But the 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 thing is there, the potential's there for them. It's in our DNA, and we have to frame our mindset a little bit differently. It's um, and I love what he says here at the bottom of page seventy nine into eighty. It's how do I actualize my potential? And instead of trying to run a marathon today you instead try to take the uh, the appropriate um, approach to training it's about setting small incremental goals uh, and so I, I think a, a lot of times we get caught up in that and that's just our mindset I think too clay of just like being a human being in the culture we live in it's like we we always see the finish line. We want the end result so quickly, and there's this there's this big process and lifestyle that we realize we must realize that it it's a it's a form we're being formed, mm-hmm. and we're being uh, changed, and this is a way of life. That's what we're talking about here. It's it, it's a way, and that is not just this like one step click thing where we arrive at some finish line. Like mm-hmm. you said, this is a a lifestyle that we embrace and we're following Jesus day in and day out. And gradually we begin to, we're, we're training. So we see these disciplines and we begin to, I mean, you can't just jump in the, in the deep end, right? You have to learn to swim first. And so, you know, and we'll discuss this more as we go out uh, throughout this episode and next week's episode, but it's it's learning to see these these practical things that we can do and slowly starting to implement things in our life that begin to gradually change us overall. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the way everything is in life. You yeah. you don't just get to the be able to run 26 miles right out of the gate. Nobody's ever done that in the history of time. They started, you know, somewhere somewhere relatively small and day by day they increased and they gained and they grew and they Mm -hmm. strengthened themselves and their lung capacity developed and their endurance developed and so you start somewhere small and here's what I think though I think because people are unwilling you know to start small they never go anywhere Mm-hmm. And 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 even like when people ask me questions about, well, I want to know how to read the Bible, and sometimes I just want to say, dude, just read it. Like you know, I mean, that, I know that sounds uh, a little bit. It's like everybody wants everything to be laid out flawlessly, when in reality, you just need to take a simple step. You just you you, you get up. And you can you can find find an easy plan. I mean, even if you just read a chapter out of scripture a day, yeah. I mean that is a bit that's a step for some people. And and once you continue to do that, you're developing something in you. You're finding a hunger, and and and, and you're getting in there. But one thing you can't do is sit and wonder, well, well, what do I do and not do anything? Mm-hmm. You know, so so finding finding that point where. And that's the same way in in exercising or, or whatever it is that you do. You have to get out and do something. Yeah. And uh, it's the same way in spirituality. But but you know we even we even grow in faith. I've been talking this week to people about just like uh, my process in praying for for the sick or praying for people that have been demonized or you know and and seeing certain miracles happen, and then also praying for various illnesses or whatever and and not seeing them happen and or or praying for somebody and god just bringing about great deliverance and freedom in their life and then praying for somebody you know i'm walking them through some things and nothing happening at all 
And and usually when something amazing happens, you grow in faith, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're ready to take the next step. But sometimes then it doesn't happen, and and you you know you sort of dwindle in faith a little bit. But these these are it's these are growing processes that we're all in. So even in practice, and in what we're going after and believing God for, man, sometimes you have wins, sometimes you have losses, sometimes you're, you're doing well, sometimes you're doing not so well. But that's that's the way that it is with any. Thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm exercising, trying to get my bench up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the most I've ever benched in my life was like 295, you know. I had Zach Kemp spot me. But I had to work <laughs> to get to that place, man. You know what I'm saying? I had to have a real regimen in order yeah. to get to where I could bench that. And that right now, because I've not been focusing in on that, dude, I'm a lot lower. You know what I mean? But the same way in spiritual practice, like I find that when we are praying and fasting like corporately as a body, man, there's just there's a heightened expectation of God at work and yeah. and God moving and and whenever we're not, it's not so much. It's like like we float around kind of dry just just wanting these things to to happen or not. We're not not necessarily as as thoughtful about it, but that training is so essential and that's the kind of mindset that we have to have when it comes to our spirituality. Yeah, I love what you said there just about our uh, you know our faith increasing and and as we as we put into practice some of these things you 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 get to experience what the lord is doing and and like you say you know we're we're a bit more sensitive to what god's doing and and you pray for some folks and and radical things happen and you know that doesn't happen every time but when you have those encounters and when you when you have a prayer night and the Lord shows up and His presence is just thick and tangible, mm-hmm. and you you hear a word or you 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 someone prays over you or something like that, it's just like you have this. It's almost like you come to the realization that this is what it's all about. Like this is this is real stuff. It's real, <laughs> and I don't even know how to put that into words necessarily. But it's it's not just this. Um, this game that we're playing, but this is real life and it's real transformation. And the Lord mm-hmm. is all powerful. He, his Holy Spirit is the source of our strength and our power. And, yeah. and we can tap into that and we can live a life that flows from that. We can walk in his presence each and every single day. Yes. And it's, it, it's, it's not just these things that you're doing, but it's, uh, but but you realize as you read, you learn you learn more about the Lord. You feel His presence mm-hmm. and you feel His peace, and you you see the things that He's doing, and it does become and those things come through those practices. It's not just about the practice themselves, uh, but it become it you know not to go back to the title, but it it really does just become a way that you're you're living. It becomes ingrained. Yeah, and, and I'll say this, this you know, this morning I was talking to somebody because I think when we when we take the practices out of it and we just sort of uh, you know, break Christianity down to going to church, you know, hearing a sermon and then just trying to be a, de- a decent person through the week, but generally there's no practices. Yeah. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not really praying and fasting or anything. I may say a little prayer on the way to school or whatever I'm doing that day, you know, depending going or as I'm going to work or whatever I'm doing. Um, then, then you, you're not being transformed into the image of Jesus. You're sort of at a stall. Mm. And, and so you, you can be a Christian. Yes. You can be a believer in Jesus. I think I said one thing this week, like, you know, we're saved by believing in Jesus 
but we're set free and transformed by believing like Jesus. Mm, that's good. And, you know, he, he's, he'll get into other principles like that. But I told somebody this week, I said, you know, people are called to different things, and it is hard to categorize. Like sometimes we think about our calling. It's like, well, I don't lead worship, and I don't feel called to preach like the preacher, so there's nothing for me. <laughs> Biblical Christianity, though, if you look at it, is really about, you know, corporately, you know, individually and even more so corporately, we're all following the way of Jesus. We're practicing his lifestyle. We have intimacy with the Father through prayer, through fasting, through worship, through the study of Scripture, uh, through obedience to his word and the promptings of his spirit. And I would venture to say that on some level, we all make up the body of Christ, so those expressions are different, and we do have different giftings. But I want to argue and make the argument that if we're all in the practices together and God is is using us in, in full capacity, that on some level, every single one of us should be able to teach and instruct others in the Word of God to evangelize and lead others into salvation in Jesus Christ, to be equipped literally to minister to and pray for the sick. Now, not all are going to have the gifts of healing, but we should all on some level be able to pray for the sick, be able to pray for the afflicted. We should all be able to give and, and have acts of generosity to the broken and the poor and to demonstrate the gospel in that way. We should honestly all be able to go out and minister to the demonized and, mm -hmm. and break torment off of people's life to some degree. Now, that's not going to happen every single time. There's a lot of variables in that, but that is the training process. Process. And there's nobody that could say biblically, well, I'm not called to that. Now, the gifts of the Spirit, again, they're going to function differently in different people's individual lives. But when we come together corporately, all of us should be functioning in the ministry of the gospel, period. Yeah. So you don't want to limit yourself and say, well, really, it looks like God just sort of called me to come to church. Mm -hmm. No, you need to, to understand that he's called you to something deeper, but you need to enter into this season of training. You know, one of the words that I feel like the Lord gave me at the beginning of the year is, is God is not interested in an audience. He wants an army. Most churches are sort of geared right now in our world toward having the best worship service and having entertaining preaching to get an audience. Yeah. But we don't want an audience, and God doesn't want an audience. He wants an army. Yeah. He wants people equipped. The way you're going to get equipped, first and foremost, is you're going to put these practices into place in your life so that you learn to hear from the Holy Spirit. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit start operating in your life. So like you said, it's not just something you know about or salvation that you have well I crossed the finish line I'm saved no he will use you to bring salvation and the gospel message and healing and freedom and blessing and encouragement and strength and 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 generosity to people mm -hmm. outside of the bounds of this salvation in order to bring them into the kingdom of God yeah yeah the, I'm gonna we'll, we'll come back to this but that's there's this thing with deception that I, I found really interesting in this chapter, and that's he talks about this a little bit, but we do live in this time of entertainment, and it seems like the majority of church that I've experienced uh, to to a degree and see you know going on in America, it, it is it's it's a very like entertainment based thing, and we so we we go. And we've said this on here before, but we go and we're basically just judging everything and we're looking for something to kind of serve us. Uh, 
Right. Um, and when we're, you know, we're looking for the best of this and best of that, we have access to podcasts and teachings and books and everything else. Um, and, and, and it's like this dangerous place that he talks about, but we, we can like essentially, he says here on page 85, it's very dangerous to binge on Christian content and never put any of it into practice. And that's the truth. Um, versus realizing that every single one of us, it like you said, Clay, uh, uh, we're supposed to be living this way of Jesus and 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 flowing from a place and making it tangible. He talks about that in there too, of like you know, really, li- if you if you are walking with the Lord. And and you're you're reading and you're praying and you're in His presence. I don't think you can keep from seeing people in a way that He sees them and and loving people in a way that He loves them and feeling compelled to share with people. Mm-hmm. If you see someone hurting and broken, like it should be first instinct to like, hey, I need to I need to pray for you. Yeah, I need to you know you're struggling with this. Let's talk about it. And believe there's power in it. Right. Believe that the releasing of, of a word from God or even a scripture saying, let me tell you what Jesus has to say on this issue. Or it could be a number of different things, but believe that you're carrying the power of the gospel with you. The Spirit of God lives on the, lives on the inside of you, and there's limitless possibilities to what God can do if you'll simply step out in faith. But like you said, you know, in the context, I didn't know, I hope I didn't cut you off there. Um but, you know, he says, like, we listen to sermons as entertainment. Yeah. Um, we have access to all kinds of teaching. Yeah. We listen to it, man. And, that, you know, and people love, I'm, I don't want to name call any preachers or whatever, but m- most of the time, that most of the preachers that people love the most, you know, or people will even send me messages. And a lot of times it's just preachers who are kind of like, they're hype dudes, man. They're, yeah. And, you know, they have a real, and they're, and they're just trying to, like, get people all pumped and excited. And I'm thinking, you know, that's great. I'm glad you're entertained by that. Uh, but make sure that we are putting putting this into practice and, 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 and that we're becoming like Christ because he says we're not going to be held accountable for how many uh, sermons we've listened to, but we will be held accountable for whether or not we've obeyed what God put in front of us to do. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, like even as a preacher, one of the things that I try to be very sensitive to is I can be deceived in thinking I'm doing God's will just because I am the preacher and I get up and preach every Sunday. Mm. But if I, if, but if these practices aren't actively engaged in my life, you know, I think I told you the other day, like when I go into a place, I'm trying to be sensitive to, Lord, I'm looking at people whether or not I'm drawn to them. Is there yeah. an open door for ministry? Yeah. Could I pray for this person? Like, I'm always thinking about that. And so, you know, I went into, uh, Andre and I went to buy a vehicle the other day, which is like a, a whole demonic experience within itself. <laughs> 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 uh, but, like, we went in to buy this vehicle, and, and when we went in there, they had it listed at a certain price, and they upped it and said, oh, no, you can't get a vehicle for for the, the actual price it's ten thousand more you know and we, anyway we, we went through this whole back and forth with them forever and anyway this this woman walked in and when she walked in you know and again i'm just trying to keep my heart tuned to the lord best i can in the middle of all that foolishness and and i, I just it was like an impression came into my heart this woman's from israel 
Okay. So I thought, well, that's interesting. And she, and anyway, we talked back and forth, but we was like, no, we can't afford this vehicle. You don't understand. We finally convinced her to maybe give us our license and our keys back so we could get out of there. <laughs> and she said, let me show you one more vehicle real quick. And so I was like, you know, I was, we ended up getting in the vehicle with her. And as we're driving, I start talking to her. I asked her, I said, are you from Israel? She said, I am. How did you know that? You know, and, and we went on and, um, and, and she said, most people don't guess that. And so she talked a little bit about it. I talked about her name, the meaning of it, the Hebrew and stuff like that. And we were engaging in that conversation. And then Andrea said, yeah, Clay, he loves this stuff. He could talk about it for hours. She said, well, ask me anything. And I, and so I said, I, so I said, and by this time I'm just ready, I'm ready to go after it. And so I said, well, uh, if I can ask you anything, I said, tell me, tell me what your views are on, on, on Jesus uh, Jesus Christ. And, and she said, you know, in Israel, we don't really have, uh, we don't talk about Jesus a lot. And, um, and, and I just don't know that much about him. So son, I mean, it was like everything. It, I felt that I said, all right, well, I said, well, let me tell you a little bit about him. And I, and I just went through basically since she, she was an Orthodox Jew. I went through all, as many Old Testament scriptures as I could think of. Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> of, how, of how Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And, you know, somebody will be thinking, well, uh, you know, I don't know if I could have done that, Clay. But but see that's why that's why you want to be a student of scripture. Yeah. What what about when those doors do open up? You you can have those possibilities just as much as anybody else. And and I'm sure I didn't do it flawlessly. And I, there's probably better things that I could have done. But I was able to lay out something for her there, and 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 basically tell her, look, here's the main difference between you and I. You believe in Yahweh same way I believe in Yahweh. The difference is you believe that there's still a Messiah to come. I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And the reason I know is because yeah. I obeyed the scripture that said, if you seek me with all of my heart, you'll find me. That's in Jeremiah 29. And I said, it's the same scripture that you have. And when I sought God with all of my heart, who I found was Jesus Christ. And he set me completely free. Yeah. You know, so so it was like, and she just sort of looked at me like, wow. you know. <laughs> but anyway, the point being is you want to look for those opportunities throughout your life just you're just looking for open yeah. doors for god to use you in any way and trying to be sensitive to the promptings of of the spirit and not just simply say i'm a person who listens to a bunch of sermons and knows a lot of scripture yeah but is unwilling to act upon what the spirit wants to do and that's why these practices matter it's they equip you yeah they equip you to one you you know what the bible says mm-hmm. you know what scripture says um they they uh, Put you in tune with what the Lord is doing. You're in His presence. You are sensitive. Uh, anytime you're like, if you, if you're reading and praying every single day, I guarantee you, like you go out in public, your heart's just different. It is. You just see people different, and there's always an opportunity, like around every corner. Like you there, go and people you everywhere. Go and, you spend you, tomorrow morning. You guys listen to this. You spend tomorrow morning praying for about an hour, reading scripture, then go to Walmart and see what happens. Yeah. Like you're, I guarantee you'll find someone that's just like you know, maybe they they share with you a burden, or you just feel this impression to go, you know, and it that doesn't we. Again, we're backtracking, whatever we've kind of said it before, but it doesn't have to be awkward or weird. And it's there's power in this stuff, and I, it but, has it can change people's lives. And I think that's the thing because I know what we're going to get, Jeremy, is a lot of people listening to this saying, "That's just not me. I can't do that. I'm too afraid." And that is not what the Word of God says about you. Yeah. And you've got to put that out of your mind. Yes. Because 
the truth is, is that is what God has called you to. And that is what you're capable of, not in your own strength, not in your own ability, but because you've developed a relationship with God through the spiritual practices where you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And in much fear and trembling, you're willing to step out in obedience and let God speak through you. And you'd be amazed at how what little you offer to God, he Mm -hmm. will use powerfully. Oh, yeah. You don't have to know scripture like me. You don't have to be the most eloquent speaker. You don't have to, to have it all together, but you just have to be obedient when the Spirit moves you because God can use you in, your, in what you think is little in bigger ways than he can use who you think he's using in big ways. Oh, yeah. And it's just, yeah. It's, just, it's just all these lies of the enemies and mindset that keeps people out of, out of what God has for them. But I guess that's my point is you can get there, but guess what? It's time to start a training program. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah. You need to begin a training program so that you can one day get there and be open to the breath of the Spirit when he moves on you to pray for someone, to minister the gospel to someone. And you, and if you're willing, he'll teach you things that you didn't even know were out there so that you can minister to people in ways that you never dreamed you'd be able to. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd even agree, just even since you've been here at the church, you've been able to minister to people in ways, and it's usually not even on Sunday mornings. It, but it's, 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 it's more so not. Yeah, I, I find more powerful ministry not on Sunday mornings. That's 100% the truth. Yeah, Sunday mornings is is one thing, and they're great. Uh, but the, the majority of things that I've really got to experience uh, in terms of, like, ministry, like you're saying, has been has been throughout the week yeah. and opportunities that, you know, conversations with people, getting to pray with people and different things like that. You know, Sunday mornings are great. You know, it's don't corporate, get me wrong, It's corporate but, worship. We we worship God together primarily. We allow the Word of God to to we gather around the Word of God to allow it to impact ourselves. But hopefully, we're equipped in that and in things like small group so that during the week, yeah, we have God encounters where He's able to use us, yes, to minister in some way to someone, yeah, for and, sure. And for many of you, you know that is it is just a step of uh, sharing your faith or inviting somebody to church. That's yeah. not a bad step. Yeah. That's a good step. Absolutely. But but the more you do that, the more the Lord will lead you into even more things. And the more the Lord may lead you to just call somebody and pray for them or yeah. send them a text that says, you know, I was praying you you came to my mind and this scripture came. I wanted to give you this verse and just encourage. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. But you're just taking steps. Yeah. In, in that same vein, um, he talks about on page 82 and 83 here, some you know, as far as beginning that training, Clay, beginning those practices, really there's, there's two really, I think I love this because it's so simple yet it's so like profound. And so he talks about two categories, which are practices of disengagement. Mm -hmm. And these are focused on withdrawing from the busyness of life and really communing with God. And then there's, there's practices of engagement, which are focused on bringing the kingdom of God into the world. And so you guys, if you have this book, you can look at that, but disengagement includes things like solitude, silence, fasting, um, listening, studying, the Sabbath, uh, secrecy, um, frugality, and chastity. Um, And then engagement includes things like worship, celebration, service, prayer, fellowship, confession, submission, generosity. And again, and those are, there's actually on page 101 to 104, he goes into those in depth. And we'll talk more about those on the next episode. But these are some things that you can read here. And it's uh, it's a really practical thing 
to split up some of these things in your life and begin putting these into practice, yeah. making sure that, like, yes, Sunday mornings are good. We need engagement. We need worship. We need uh, service. We need celebration, fellowship together. Those are all good. But don't forget this category of yeah. disengagement where you are practicing some solitude. You do have some times of, of, of fasting together or you're studying specific mm-hmm. scriptures or you're developing a reading plan uh, or something along those lines. And so uh, I think this is really helpful for us to, to begin that, that, that training program, to look at our life and say, okay, where am I uh, in terms of of my practices um maybe some of us are really good at the engagement part but we slack in the disengagement that's probably me a little bit i'm, I'm more of an a, an engaged kind of uh, I'm, I'm focused a lot of a lot of, on the, those types of things i love the worship i love the services and i personally that's the one thing this year in particular you know the past few months i've been really trying to focus on in my own personal life is putting into practice those disengagement uh, practices. Yeah. Uh, and so some of you may be really, really good at those, but maybe you do need to take another step in, in, in serving or in, in the corporate worship side of things. Yeah. And so it's, it's, this is a really good gauge, uh, to, to and look you, at it. And you life. keep that in balance. I think, I think, yes. I think a big aspect of it, another way of saying it, even though those practices may fit into different categories when you do it this way, but we say it all the time. I mean, there's, there's a secret life with God where power is generated. Jesus went into solitary places to pray, to have intimacy with the Father. And when he came out, he Mm. engaged and power was able to flow through him because of his secret life with God. So disengage in order to connect with the Father, but then to come back in and engage. Like I said, there's different categories, the way they've got these practices laid out. But But the point is still there. Uh, there's there's times when we need to, we need to get get with God, you know, in a, in a specific way, and then we that way we come into the church, and then when we serve in the church and we minister in the church, the power is there mm-hmm. when we engage, yeah, because we've been alone with God in solitude and secrecy and in silence and prayer and fasting and those yeah. types of things. Uh, but both are important. Yes, both categories. Yes, and and there's a balance to those. Um, on page 86 at the bottom, uh, there's a quote from Dallas Willard, which if you're interested in reading some books, Dallas Willard's got some dandies. He, he's got uh, The Renovation of the Heart, The Spirit of Disciplines, and another guy that's Dallas Willard's buddy, Richard Foster, uh, The Celebration of Discipline. Yeah. It goes through 12 of these spiritual practices, like, you know, chapter by chapter. Yeah, it's a dandy. And it's it's a really great book if you're interested. But Dallas Willard says, The general human failing is to want what is right and important, but at the same time not to commit to the kind of life that will produce the action we know to be right and the condition we want to enjoy. Mm. This is the feature of human character that explains why the road to hell is paved with good intentions. We intend what is right, but we avoid the life that would make it reality. Gosh. We want to see God move. We want God to use us. We have all of these desires, but for whatever reason, we avoid the life that would make it reality. And that's why the way of Jesus, his practices, him allowing us to form us is different than the nominal American Christian life. And, he, and Jesus is inviting us into that so that it's not just about what we want to happen, but the path we must grow on 
in order for it to actually happen or even have a potential to happen. Yeah. I mean, I know I've not reached my growth and my potential in God by any stretch of the imagination. There is so much more in God. And, and, but as a church corporately, my Lord, what God has for us is beyond our ability to grasp. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, but the, the path to that potential is through the way of practices and this lifestyle. Yeah. It's why we're currently trying to, you know, promote things like prayer and extended prayer and, and encouraging people to fast maybe one day a week. Uh, all of these things are taking place, uh, and, and we need these things constantly in our life, not just in January, not just because you heard a good sermon preached that, that spurs you on to it, but we want it to be so ingrained. I want it to be so ingrained in our church life that we don't even have to do a sermon series on like trying to fire people up to read the Bible and pray. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just want it to be so ingrained that we can then move into the deeper things of prayer and scripture itself. Yeah. Because we're already it's already a part of our life. It's just the culture. It's just the culture. We want we need to build a culture of prayer, fasting, seeking the word through worship and and through through the spiritual disciplines and giving and being generous and serving the poor. Like all these things just become yeah. a part of who we are. Yeah. Reaching right. the lost, extending a hand to the broken and the marginalized and even the outcast or the people that other people disagree with in order to to bridge the gap with them to the kingdom. Like it just becomes a part of who we are yes. in daily practice. So that then when we get up and speak and teach, we can go into the deeper things of God because yeah. we're there. Yeah, I mean, you could do sermon series after sermon series on these very topics, and they could be wonderful messages. And if we as See, people don't do it, isn't that it's, the scary it's thing, po- though? It's pointless. Like if we do a sermon series on consecration and we talk about reading scripture, and we talk about praying and developing a prayer life and going into the secret place with God. And we talk about fasting and, and we talk about worship and we talking about being generous and giving in secret. But yet you hear all that and you're like, oh, that's good, good preaching there. And you don't actually put one of those practices into play. You don't fast the yeah. first time. You don't you don't go into the secret place with God. You enter into spiritual deception. Yes. Because you sit and listen to it, but yeah. you never obey and so it doesn't form you. Matter of fact, it deforms you yeah. because you, you've actually came into a place where you believe it, but it hasn't shaped who you are. You're not becoming anything by it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that we can listen to that stuff and hear it, even be fired up about it, even come up to you after church and be like, man, that was powerful. Mm-hmm. And then in a weird way, it's almost like the hearing of that and getting fired up by it, almost like uh, it makes us believe as that, that we've did it. Yeah, we've. it's already happened. Which is the furthest from the truth. Yeah. This is powerful stuff, Clay. Yeah. Powerful stuff. And I mean, that's, did we say we were going to try to go to 91, right? Yeah, roughly. So, yeah. I think, you know, I, lo- I like what it said here. It, talk, it talked about making Jesus' love tangible, which, mm. you, which you mentioned on page 88, and then being formed into the image of Christ. And in, he says in one place, you know, what the world needs is people who do what Jesus says and in so doing receive the power and the character to shape history toward the kingdom of God because there's all kinds of people who are able to say it, but yes. the doing it is, is a different thing. But, you know, he, he mentions Martin Luther King Jr., whom I love, thought was a brilliant man, great Christian. If you... uh Sometimes when I'm feeling really down, this is off topic here, but sometimes when I'm feeling down and discouraged, 
I go on YouTube and I listen to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. preach a clip, a clip from a sermon called, uh, it's called A Knock at Midnight mm. Sun. I've not heard it. The dude, Martin Luther King Jr. was a prophet. He functioned, I think, under. I mean, he he had that ability, and he 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 saw certain things, and he was able to speak truth to culture in a very particular way. But he was anointed by the Spirit uh, for the time that he was in. But that being said, he mentions how they were training people for nonviolent resistance, and they knew that all these people that they were training in the civil rights movement, no matter how good of people they were. Whenever they go and sit down in a diner and they're called racial slurs yeah. and they're and hot coffee's dumped on their head and people are spitting on them and just being hateful wow. and awful, terrible people, they knew that they would succumb to the pressure mm. and they would respond in a in, in, not in a loving, nonviolent way, but they would respond in anger and hatred as well. And Martin Luther King Jr. understood that we overcome evil by good, right? Yeah. And and that was something, and and that we needed to love and not hate. And, and we needed to demonstrate that. And really, choosing to love in the face of hate was what really broke the back of that, of that racial movement you know, that, and, and, and racism in that particular time. Not to say that racism is still going on, yeah. but that was a big, a big leap at that point uh, for people. But what they would do is they bring them into, into, into these rooms where literally they'd say, you're going to go sit at the diner and here's what's going to happen. And they brought people in that would just cuss them for everything that they were worth, that would slap them in the face and just do all of these things to prepare them yeah. for what they were going to experience when they went in so that when they went in, they, were ready they for had it. went through the training, they were ready for it, and he had taught them when this happens, you respond in love. You respond yeah. nonviolently. And so when they did it, they did it, man, and it, and it changed things. But in the same way, he says, could we not use this type of, of, of training once again? And I think that's what we do. We need that kind of training. Yeah. The greatest danger to the Christian church today is that of pitching its message too low. And, um, and we, need, we need spiritual heroes. It's a time for men and women to be heroic in their faith and in mm. spiritual character and in power. And so this is where we need to step into and begin to believe God for bigger things as we move forward in these practices. Amen. Amen. All righty, guys. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you on the next one.